0: You can build an impressive short-term rental business from the ground up with a little help from John and Jeanette. These successful Airbnb and Verbo hosts have experienced and documented the blood, sweat, and tears it can take to really stand out from the pack.
1: Welcome to Stand Out. Hey
0: everybody, it's John. And Jeanette. And welcome to Stand Out Hosting. Today we're going to be talking about what could be one of the more controversial topics we ever cover. And that's because we're talking about pricing your short-term rental verbal Airbnb. So striking a balance between maximizing your earnings while also attracting potential guests can be a pretty challenging task.
1: However, with a thoughtful approach and careful analysis, you can set a competitive price that ensures strong profits while keeping your property occupied. So in this week's podcast, we will explore some key factors to consider when setting the price for your Airbnb listing
0: or VRBO. So before we jump into the pricing for your short-term rental space, I thought it might help to kind of take us out of the topic for a moment, just to make a point. And what I want to do is compare another industry that's very similar, very similar customer base, very similar approach that all of us have used, uh, just to make my point why Uh, pricing your short term rental might be a little surprising, might be a little higher than what you originally thought as you get to this point in your in your process. And the industry I'd like to talk about really quick is the rental car industry. Jeanette, we've rented how many cars? Oh, countless. Countless cars. And what I've done is a quick analysis. I took a Toyota RAV 4. I don't know why. It's the first one that popped up in the in the search. I wanted to show an example of how if you take a RAV4 that you lease for your family for a month, you're going to pay about $428 a month. If you purchase that same RAV4, you're going to pay about $550 a month. But if you take the average daily rental for a RAV4, which is $65 a day, you're going to spend $2,000 a month for a RAV4 for those 30 or 31 days of the month. I say all this to make the point that when you're pricing your short-term rental property you cannot i repeat you cannot just simply take what your payment is or how much you think it's uh, payment would be if you had one and divide it by 30 days and think you got it going on so for example if you had a three thousand dollar a month mortgage for the short-term rental property that you're offering if you offered that for hundred dollars a day you can see where you're already upside down before you even get going in the same way a lot of folks see uh, their competition at 250 dollars a night and they look at this three thousand dollars a month and say Wow, at $200 a night, I'm doubling what this costs me and I'm killing it, I'm going to win at the short-term rental game. There's a reason the rental car companies charge $50, 60 70 $80 dollars a day, because that's what it takes to be profitable. And the same is true for your short-term rental.
1: Yeah, we see this a lot. That's just a recipe for disaster. First off, an owner needs to take all costs into consideration and have a realistic expectation for how many nights the property will be booked before any break-even numbers can even be calved.
0: I mean, even if, like I said, even if you own the house outright, your grandma gave you a house at the beach, you decided to make it a short-term rental, you've got to take all your costs, and I mean all of them, into account, including the cost of money. And by that, I just mean, even though you didn't have to pay for grandma's house, that money is worth something somewhere. So at 4%, 5% interest, that is your cost of money. And you have to calc that in to be, to be fair to yourself, to make sure you're making a profit on your property. And, and again, this whole little intro, which is longer than a normal intro, is really just to set the stage for why a short-term rental, or a hotel, or anything else, or a rental car, why it costs so much more than what in your head you're paying for your car, your house, et cetera. It just, you can't compare the two of those.
1: Okay, so let's get started. The first thing I want to talk about is understanding your goal. So is your aim to generate high revenue with less wear and tear on your space and leave lots of room in your calendar? Or do you want to be booked solid at a lower rate? We chose the higher price model with less wear and tear, but many others go the other route. It's just up to you and what you're comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's really at the root of our podcast is pricing right, for sure. I'm going to talk about that. But then finding that balance, Jeanette, of being super booked and never being at home thinking about no one's in your space, or like us, where we are got our feet kicked up like no one's in our space. This is awesome. We kind of we lean that way a little bit. I worked some math here, just did an example, um, using any made-up property here. But I ran one example where a property that is averaging 2.6 nights per week and kind of work that out versus another property that is the same property, ideally, that is five nights per week, but at a lower price. And in the, the 2.6 average days per weekend or per week model at $550 uh, dollars a night, comes out to about $74,000 a year. And that that's a relatively approachable, attainable number for most of the folks listening to this. Not super busy making $75,000 roughly in revenue every year. Uh, the same house, let's just say next door, that is running five days average per week, maybe it's two visits or two stays per week or just a longer stay each time. That's 104 stays is the way I modeled that out. At 399 a night, that's twice as many Days and twice as many wear and tear and visits, but it's at $103,000 per year. So you got $75,000 for a lot less work or $103,000 for a lot more work. I think if this was our main job, Jeanette, if this was our primary source of income, I think we'd probably lean a little bit more towards trying to be booked all the time, even if it was, if it was at lower prices.
1: I agree. I mean, we're so very much involved with each guest. Uh, that, um, you know, having that many visits or that many guests would be a lot for us, because you also have a full-time job and I have other things to do. So this is a nice balance for us, but you just have to think about how much time do you want to spend, how much help are you going to get, how much wear and tear do you want, and kind of go from
0: there. Before you start diving into your pricing strategies, it's super important that you have a clear understanding of your actual costs. We hit on this a minute ago, but all of your cost, you got to know, all the expenses related to your rental, including mortgage, you have property taxes, there's insurance, of course, utilities, cleaning fees, you have maintenance costs. We have slip fees, you know, uh, maintenance of the yard, uh, cleaning the gutters, all of that stuff. Anything that's either a recurring or an occasional expense, you've got to know what that is and build that into your model because otherwise you're just fooling yourself. And again, we, we don't want you to fool yourself. We don't want to fool you either. This needs to be calculated before you set a price.
1: Yeah, ideally, you know this already before you even open your rental, before you even bought your rental, you have this figured out. So what are the key inputs for how to price your space? The first one is research comparable listings, or you probably have heard of this called comps. You want to conduct a thorough research to understand the market dynamics and analyze the comps in your area. Look for similar properties in terms of location, size, amenities, and overall quality. Pay attention to their pricing patterns, seasonal variations, and occupancy rates. This research will give you a benchmark to evaluate your property's value and help you set a competitive price.
0: Yeah, comps are super important. In fact, a lot of the things within the comp that you just talked about, we're going to cover in a little more detail right here. So as we, as we look at the inputs that drive pricing for your short term rental property, comps obviously is number one for sure. But as we drill down, you know, the next one would be, you know, size matters. All jokes aside, we've heard that saying many times, but, you know, big or small plays a role in your pricing. If your property is half the size of your other comps, you're not going to get the same price that they do. And it also is not just their size, you also need to consider the number of people it will hold. If it's a 5,000 square foot home that ho- sleeps four and there's a comp across town, that, that is 3,000 square feet but sleeps 10, they may outpull you, they will outpull you in, in price because if more people can stay, they can spread the cost over more people, et cetera. I will say though, there's a point where a little tiny property that holds 20 people because it's just bunk beds in it, that's a recipe for disaster in the long term for your, your uh, reviews and things like that.
1: Also think about the people you're attracting. Are they families, couples, spring breakers? So they're going to have different budgets and different needs, and they're going to be looking at different price points.
0: Yeah. I mean, clearly like four families sharing a big home are going to have a different price point in their mind than 10 spring breakers. That, I mean, that's really your point. I think that makes total sense. So geography matters. Let's just, Location, location, location. We've all heard it. If you're in the Bay Area or downtown Seattle, your jump off point for pricing at the very beginning, the baseline is going to be higher than Arkansas or you know, upstate New York, that type of thing. So you know, take a look at where you are in the country when you're doing your comps. Make sure you're also comping folks in the same market that you're in. Because that's going to affect your price, for sure.
1: Right. And also, the location within a geography makes a difference. Your property's location plays a pivotal role in determining its value. Factors such as proximity to popular attractions transportation hubs, and local amenities can justify higher rates. So remember, a prime location commands a premium price. If you don't have proximity, don't comp against those that do and vice versa.
0: Yeah, I mean, I look at just being in a beach atmosphere here, Jeanette, the rental price for being on the beach relative to across the street from the beach, which is a away. Is two x.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of obvious, but just we we just want you to be careful when you're looking at comps that they're comparable.
0: So consider the seasonal demand, right? I mean, I guess that should go sort of without saying, but um, you know, tourist demand in markets really drives the pricing. You really need to know when the peak seasons are, the holidays, or even local events that attract a high number of visitors to your area. During those periods, you can charge a premium rate, and off season, you got to come on down a little bit. So you know everything from the the fall leaves in parts of the country to the warm weather in parts of the country, but don't forget things like uh, major conventions or festivals or things things like that that also could affect the price. It is not uncommon for us to be you know 550 550 550 715 550 550 because Darius Rucker's playing a show next door.
1: Yeah, don't forget about all the fun things going on in your area. Uh, when we first started, we thought we would just have renters during the summer. And then we realized, oh, there's so many other things going on. There's marathons, there's music venues, graduations and conventions and things like that. So think about all the things that are happening in your area and then put a price on that.
0: When pricing, also take into account your design and the photography you did. And again, I hate to beat the dead horse here, but, you know, we've already done a podcast on design. We did a podcast on photography. But if you're up against some similar units in your building, for example, or in our case, similar houseboats or whatever, if you have the best photography that's showcasing the best design, you can charge more than those other homes. You can't be double just on those two points alone. But you can get another $25-50 bucks a night for having a much cleaner, more beautiful appearing unit or home because of how you designed it and how you photographed it.
1: Next, you also want to evaluate your unique selling points. So we've been talking about this a lot in our in our previous podcast, but let's talk about highlighting your unique features and amenities of your rental property. So consider the location we talked about, proximity to attractions, transportation options, the quality of your amenities. Do you have Wi-Fi, parking, swimming pool? Uh, If your property offers something special, you can justify charging a higher price compared to similar listings in your area. We happen to be right next to a large music venue and our property offers basically the best parking spot in the town. So, it's walkable to the show and back. You can even listen to the sound check from the upper porch of our place. So, that turns out to be a really, really nice selling feature.
0: Now you can also use what are called dynamic pricing tools. Uh, they're on both of the platforms, Verbo and Airbnb. They will help you using algorithms that they have access to to show some of these seasonal things we talked about or events in town, things like that. Um, you'll find over time it actually gets kind of annoying, but it's very helpful where they will say, hey, consider raising your price to X or consider lowering your price, is usually what it is, to Y, and you might have a better chance at renting. And it's looking at all the other renters, what they booked for, and doing their own sort of algorithm on your comp to say, you know, you might think about doing this. Now, we'll say early on when we were kind of by ourselves down there, Jeanette, we were listed at maybe 500 a night in those days. And you know, Airbnb would come on and say, consider lowering your price to $215 a night. Well, there's no way that's a comp, a real comp, right? But now that there's more real comps for us, it's much better information that they give us.
1: Yeah. So you got to start somewhere. So we recommend you set a competitive base rate. So start by setting a competitive base rate that reflects your property's value and covers your expenses. Initially, you may want to set a slightly lower price to attract those guests and build up positive reviews, but as your reputation and occupancy rates improve, you can gradually increase your rates to align with the market and your property's desirability. Let's explore a few additional tips and best practices to help you refine your pricing strategy even further. First of all, you wanna monitor and analyze. So you wanna continuously monitor your property's performance and track the impact of your pricing decisions. Uh, If you raise the price and then it goes quiet and you don't get any bookings, well, maybe you need to lower it again. So you wanna leverage your analytics tools uh, provided by the platforms like John was just talking about um, as well as third-party services that are out there. Uh, and then use those services to gain insights into booking patterns and market trends. Yeah you want
0: to be flexible and you're going to want to experiment, right? So be open to trying different pricing strategies and find out what works for you. Maybe set a few weeks a little bit higher and set a few weeks a little bit lower and see if you see a trend where you're only getting the lower weeks, you're not getting the higher weeks. You can always lower those higher prices later as you get closer to those dates. We've done this for from day one. It's a lot easier when you only have one to just test and try and learn from what happens. And, and boy, it's certainly not linear. There's times where the lower week doesn't get picked up and the higher week does. And I don't, I don't know what that is, you know, if that's somebody looking for a, you know, a higher end property and they don't even see it cheaper, or it's just that people don't care about the pricing or luck of the draw. I don't know. But being flexible and experimenting, I highly recommend it. Yeah. There's
1: so many factors. I mean, the economy, is it wedding season? Uh, I mean there's just so many things going on so you just have to pay attention. Um, but one really good way to know if you're on track is to check out your reviews and comments because they will be asked whether they thought this was a good deal or not. And so you will know pretty soon whether or not people think they're being ripped off or whether they thought they got a good deal. So definitely read your reviews, encourage those reviews. So you can get some good feedback.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, we look at the reviews every time I'm sort of cringing as we've continued to raise our price. Like, when is the one gonna say, I thought it was a little bit too high? We still haven't seen it, knock on wood. So uh, to Jeanette's point, you know, people saying things like, what a steal. Okay, maybe your price's a little low. Or this was not worth the high price. That's some soul searching the other way, obviously. So great, great point there.
1: Well, and you wanna make sure, if you, if you wanna charge those higher prices, Make sure you're giving them that luxury feel, that luxury service, right? So go the extra mile. If you don't want to go to that trouble, lower your prices.
0: So most people, in my experience, set the price initially too low, and we did, even we did, Jeanette. I call it the eBay effect. You set the pricing, you're so excited, you've published your, you've published your property, and five minutes later, you don't have any bookings, literally, and everybody starts lowering their price. Oh my gosh, no one's ever going to pay this. It's not worth it. It's never going to happen. And what happens is people will see, because they don't just go once, usually in book, they're looking around, they narrow it down, they're sharing it with their other family and friends, and they start seeing you lowering your price. What does that make them do? It makes them wait, makes them sit it out a little bit. You know, the confidence you have in your property should show in the pricing. And again, easier to say than do, but, you know, think about the customer journey. $600 a night for a two-bedroom uh, small house in Wilmington is too high but $600 a night for a two-bedroom, two-bath houseboat sitting in the water with, you know, I can put a fishing line out the back. That is an experience. We have to show that confidence in our listing, our photography, our design, the way we talk about it. And the fact that we have all fives, knock on wood again, in our, in our reviews and that people constantly say it was such a great value, it was worth every penny, words like that. That, that is the confidence that will let you hold to your price. And have it come in before you panic and do that eBay effect I talked about, and start dropping your dropping your price.
1: Nice shameless plug there for the houseboat. Seriously though, uh, let the low ballers book up your competitors, right, and catch the renter who really wants something a little bit better, a little nicer, and um, sees the value in your place. Remember, someone searching your unit can't see what others are charging for the same time period once they're booked.
0: Okay, we just took a super quick break to go look at our listing as it relates to others, uh, other comps in our area. We've been saying we're going to do that. We haven't done it. We just did it. And a uh, couple, couple takeaways, Jeanette, just from that little exercise we did right in the middle of recording this podcast. One is we show is the most expensive one of all of our comps. So the way Airbnb is expressing our price is $625, which is sometimes our price. It's not every night. Um, it was showing others at 495 and at $500 comps and interestingly enough they are if you look at the total for the same dates that i put in we're within like $75 of each other so i mean, to the tune of like we are $1500 and they're like 1425 so what that tells me is they are putting you know Tuesdays in at 300 or 400 or something to give Airbnb the chance to kind of put that from x from price in there
1: yeah. So, um, the, I guess what we're trying to say is once you get your pricing in there, go and, and pretend like you're searching for a property and see what people see when they are searching and compare what you look like to your competitors and make adjustments as necessary. Like we will probably want to adjust our pricing so that it looks more comparable. And then also, I was looking at it and I really didn't like the photo that we have in there. So, um we may have to upgrade that too.
0: yeah, I also noticed that now we have a lot more comps. They've sort of copied our title. so maybe to stand out, we need to you know update our title, which was I think that was last week's podcast. So you listen to us we're we're taking our own medicine here. We're going to change our title today. We're going to swap some images that show up as the primary image, and we're going to have to go do a little bit of shenanigans, I think, on some pricing so that we don't look like we're it makes it look like we're $125 higher than everybody else, but we're really like $25 higher. And it's because our base price is set so flat across such long areas that Airbnb has it. That is our average price point somehow.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, it was good to look and see what other people see and just make sure we understand that.
0: Yeah. And Jeanette, this, this type of analysis, I mean, we're doing this almost daily, just kind of seeing what other people are changing and other people are doing it's just the nature of the beast. Having said that, even at the way we're now showing as being like super expensive relative to others, we haven't had no issue getting bookings. I mean, it's a you know, couple bookings a week coming in right now. So um, back to taking our own medicine here, we should not panic and like drop our price because some other people have uh, run a lower price on their houseboat. We just got to stay confident, make sure we're priced right. And then watch the, watch the bookings keep coming on in.
1: A question though, are prices the same on Airbnb and VRBO?
0: Yeah, they're pretty much the same. I, I have done some, back to the uh, testing and evaluation that we talked about earlier, the, I've done some things where I will lower it on VRBO, leave it high on Airbnb, and then watch if that changes who, you know, where people are booking, who's booking where. Um, my experience has been, it really hasn't made a, it really hasn't made a difference. It's not like um, maybe it's just us that looks at both platforms before we book to see if they're the same price for a certain property we really want. Because whether it's 625 or 525 um, over a course of a given month, uh, people seem to book with the platform they're used to and most comfortable with. And that, that's been my experience.
1: Okay. Makes sense. I guess what we're saying is you got to regularly monitor your pricing, um, adapt to the market changes, check your feedback from your guests, and just continually refine and optimize as you go.
0: So just remember that that in our view, most of us are too low. In fact, some of the folks affecting our discussion a minute ago about us maybe checking some midweek pricing on our houseboat is because they've priced theirs too low, in my opinion. So... Don't fall in a, in a trap of, of you know, undercharging what your real costs are. And again, you're really not trying to do this to break even, I hope. This is supposed to be a profitable business. So making sure you know your costs, making sure you're charging enough to make a good profit on this, because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. So thanks for listening to Stand Out Hosting today. I'm John. I'm Jeanette. We'll see you next time.